Yeah. Uh. I tell them, welcome to the gray area. And stay away just in case you ain't real enough to relate. Every other Thursday, politics to the chips. Get up on this wave. <laughs> now tell me what's to talk about. Cause we the only thing to talk about. How you keep reality in check. Just keep it real rap and don't gossip with the facts. Yeah. The NBA season is in the bubble. And that bubble, my friends, is boiling over. This is the gray area. And I am your host, Ray Jarvis. Showtime! For Chapter 64 of the Gray Area, I have a very special guest. A well-versed personnel in NBA lifestyle, NBA insider, NBA everything. Scoop B, it is a pleasure to have you on the Gray Area, my friend. Pleasure is all mine, man. Thank you so much. I know we've been trying to make this happen. Absolutely. I mean, COVID has been in a way, I was feeling a little down creativity. Like, like I was like, you know what? I want a podcast, but I don't want a podcast. I'll throw a little clip on Facebook just to stay relevant. But I'm like, basketball is back. Sports are back. So I'm, I'm feeling a little more motivated to talk again. So I had to get you on here to set the tone. We'll call it a season premiere with the NBA playoff bubble action going on as we speak. So um, let's get right into it. This is one thing I I, I like to observe. I'm I'm a watcher. I I like to see what's going on in the world. And I see on Twitter, especially having an opinion that's NBA related is is almost like a landmine. It's very dangerous. And a person in your position who knows things, who's who's privy information, you, you, you run into a lot of pushback. So my main question to you is how do you handle when you say this might take place or this move or transaction might happen? And then you have the trolls in the comments trying to roast you saying you don't know what you're talking about. How do you navigate that? Being a smart ass. Okay. I think, you know, <laughs> grow, growing up, um, my mom, my stepfather, uh, who raised me, and, you know, other people in my life have always said, you know, um, use your words. Right. You know, I think in this world, people often say sticks and stones will break your bones. I think that's false. Um, words do hurt. Yeah. So I think oftentimes, when you look at other people with blue checks, they're easy target because, you know, people think that these guys, you know, don't stand up straight, don't don't put their pants leg on one leg at a time. So, I mean, I use my wit True. to kind of um, counteract things. And sometimes you got to just sit back and let people talk. And then when the move happens, you can gloat a little bit. So, you know, perfect uh... situation. Back in January, uh, when I had reported, you know, that I, that I knew that J.R. Smith was having a workout with the Los Angeles Lakers. I got that information hours before the Lakers and the Sixers tipped off. I was in Philadelphia. And um, basically, someone gave me that information, and I wrote an article. I tweeted, did wonderful traffic. Um, and then, you know, J.R. Smith ended up becoming a Laker. So people's argument was, well, I thought you, when they signed Deion Waiters, well, I thought you said he was mm-hmm. going to sign. I said, no, I said he had a workout. Sometimes you got to dumb things down and then wait for the, the climax of the story as it goes, as you know the information. But I remember like maybe a couple weeks ago, all like when all those aggregate uh, t- Twitter accounts were saying, J.R. Smith will get a workout at per school big. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, Scoopy, he's fake news. He doesn't mm-hmm. have sources. He doesn't have this. I went through all those comments and I quote tweeted them with J.R. Smith in the Lakers uniform. <laughs> That's how you flex right there, because it's like it's like, bro, like, what do you have to do on the Internet? You you made you made a comment just now about having to spell things out. It's like you literally have to 
per letter, not even per word, per letter. Watch everything you say because someone is going to try to backdoor you and say, well, you didn't say it this way, so you're still wrong. I'm like, no, bro. I said it this way. This is what happened. Give me my credit. Um, My next question to you would be your NBA background. How did you get into this realm? What made you want to do it? Like, how long have you been in this game? Um, So I always had a background in sports or athletics um, right. at large. My family uh, ran and owned a, uh, a sneaker store on 25th Street in Harlem. We're the only black-owned athletes for the New York State. So, like, growing up, I'd see Hakeem Olajuwon, Dominique Wilkins, Clyde Drexler do sneaker releases in my store. I have, like, pictures at my parents' house of, you know, Dominique Wilkins mm-hmm. holding me or Hakeem Olajuwon holding me as a kid. Um, my family ran and owned a, a shoe store mm-hmm. on 25th Street, Lenox Avenue. Um, so I, I grew up being around like jazz musician um, Dizzy Gillespie before he passed away, and you know just seeing different people. So yeah. it was a combination of that, um, and, and one of my uncles ran a, a league in the city called Citywide. Okay, anybody who came out of New York City um, played in Citywide. Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, Stephon Marbury, uh, you know, myriad of different people. Right? So who's who? So, yeah, so the, the introduction came there, and then I started at 12 years old. I had a radio show with the Nets as a kid. Wow. Did it for two years. So, you know, as a kid, I was around Wolves. I was around uh, Chris Broussard. I was around Stephen A. Smith. You know, I'm, 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 was their age back then, now. Mm. So that was my entry point. I've always been around it, went to prep school, had friends who, you know, played Division One sports. It's just being around the sport and just immersing yourself within that culture. You know, uh, Went to high school, college, wrote at the Source magazine, been a myriad of different places. Okay, okay. You you are the embodiment of, of tapped in. Like, you are tapped into the culture, point blank, period. All right. I like that. You know, because a lot of times I, I ask that question because I feel like it's very necessary while being a smart ass to occasionally flex. Like, you have to let people know, like, I've been doing this. I'm tapped in. I does this. You can't tell me I'm not because I am. You know what I mean? So, right. with that being said, let, let's get into some NBA bubble movements. Uh, that sounds crazy when you think about it. But uh, <laughs> there's some coach firings, right? Coming out of Chicago, coming out of New Orleans. I'm not really a fan of the Alvin Gentry firing, so I'll start there. I, I'm really unsure of the move. I felt like they had a good thing going. They, they played a decent brand of basketball. Were there some decisions as far as managers Zion that were somewhat questionable by the masses? Of course, but... I don't feel I don't feel as though Alvin Gentry deserved to be fired. Like he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't. There wasn't a, a locker room cancer issue. He seemed to be a player's coach dating back to his time in Phoenix and even way back in the day. So, from your perspective, why was the move made right now to get rid of Alvin Gentry? It was a move that was uh, discussed last summer. Oh, okay. They, le- they legitimately were looking to move him um, last um, off season, um, but wanted to give him a new chance. If you remember. Uh, David Griffin was brought in mm. to the front office role, and essentially they wanted to give you know uh, Gentry a year to kind of show him prove. Um, you know, Gentry was part of that old regime with Del Dems, who was True. the manager of the team, and um, or excuse me, team president, and brought him. You know, they brought in Alvin Gentry it was a new regime. Alvin, Alvin Gentry was the last part of that old regime. They're looking to rebuild. Um, you know, Anthony Davis wanted out. They brought in Zion Williamson and. I, what I'll tell you is, you didn't ask this, but I'll tell you, I think, you know, Ty Lue was a popular pick um, because of the relationship that David Griffin has with Ty Lue dating back to the Cavs days. Um, but what's also being slept on is the notion that Mike D'Antoni uh, could slide in if things with the Houston Rockets don't go the way um, it should. And 
Griffin and uh, D'Antoni have a relationship going mm-hmm. back to Phoenix Suns days. Um, that being said, um, you know, everybody just uh, agrees that that's that Tyloo is a foregone conclusion. But um, from people that I have spoken to, the belief system in New Orleans is um, that that job is Tyloo's to turn down. That we're currently an assistant coach with the Los Angeles Clippers. Right. Um, and you know, you made a point about David Griffin coming in. And as sports fans, we know usually when the new GM comes in, the coach is normally the first guy to go. The fact that Alvin Gentry stuck around, I didn't think about that angle. I, f- I figured since he's there, and you know, there's a thing about being a leader of men. Shout out to my homie Jess Blaze. He says that all the time. Being a leader of men, I felt as though Alvin Gentry would be good for these young guys to come up. You mentioned Mike D'Antoni. I'm going to tell you right now, Scoop, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. I don't I don't even see the vision of how Zion, Lonzo and company, and maybe B.I. makes sense as far as developing. You'll get some inflated stats, but how are they going to become better pros with Mike D'Antoni? I'm a fan of Ty Ludo. Ty Lue, as time is going along, the stock at, with him being a coach is, is going up. I feel as though coaching that situation with LeBron and Kyrie Irving. Forget that, of course, if you're Kyrie and LeBron, you're going to win some games, but managing those personalities for as long as he did without things ever truly imploding the way it could have seems to have risen his stock, and I'd like to see Ty Lue get a shot with New Orleans. I'm not I'm not about the, oh, this is a black coach, he needs a shot. I just want coaches to make sense in this situation. I don't like coaches that, who are afraid to lose. I like coaches who coach to their talent and make attempts to make things make sense, and I think Ty Lue will be perfect for New Orleans going forward. But Chicago, man, Mr. Boylan stuck around longer than I believe he should have. I felt like as soon as he walked in, they should have just kicked him out on entry. You know what I mean? Seems like the players didn't enjoy playing for him. The system just never really seemed like it made sense. I'm seeing guys rolling their eyes when they're on the court while he's coaching. It was never the greatest relationship. So we know why he's gone. The question I have for you is what's next for Chicago? What do they have on deck? Will there be a no name in there? Will there be a name? Will they try to go for like a J-Kid or something to that degree? Or would it be someone we're not even looking at right now? Um, Mark Jackson is a name that is not being talked about in Chicago as much as it should. Okay. Um, folks that I'm speaking to in Chicago uh, has shared with me uh, that the names that is being thrown around is Minnesota Timberwolves uh, associate head coach David Vanderpool uh, is a guy that is um, being looked at as well as Adrian Griffin um, as well as Kenny Atkinson right. uh, former Brooklyn Nets head coach um, Mark Jackson should be getting um, looks uh, I spoke to Mark last week um, he's in high spirits. He's in Orlando at the bubble. Um, and, you know, there's a there's a belief system by some people within the league that Mark will get another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, has not coached since 2014. Uh, I, I will share with you that um, Mark should get more of a look. The issue with Boylan was results. He mm-hmm. took over in December 2018 um, and had the lowest co- uh, coaching uh, win percentage with the Bulls. Uh, he's second only to Tim Floyd. That's terrible. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, so when you look at that situation, the fact that there are guys that on that Bulls team that he didn't get along with, you know, I, I am in and out of Chicago pretty frequently uh, with that team and the belief system within that locker room is Boylan had to go. It was just the right time, I think, at the point where there was discussion about it, whether he'll stay, whether he'll go. COVID happened in March. Then we were trying to figure out what there'd be a second bubble. The Bulls, of course, you know, did not um, make the cut uh, as far as the, the playoffs and or the second bubble was it likely not happening um and so they waited then the last dance was going on so mm-hmm. you know there's a there's a perception that the bulls players wanted him out 
personally, when you talk about a development perspective, I do think Kenny Atkinson as well as Mark Jackson fit that bill. The talk within Chicago is um, they want to make the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the talk and the belief system with the Bulls is that um, you look at Phoenix, you look at the Brooklyn Nets, below 500 for some of those young teams. Mm-hmm. Being, being able to at least participate in the bubble, if not in the playoffs, there's no reason the belief system that the Bulls should not have been in that number this year. Zach Levine told me back in February that he believes he's one of the top 12 players in the NBA's Eastern Conference. Um, felt that he should have been an All-Star, at least voted in, but at the same time, um, you know, the belief system with Levine is, you know, if his, there's two years left on his contract um, and there's talk of the whole Brooklyn and New York Knicks dynamic there. So, um, you know, there's a new brain trust within the Knicks. Um, does he go there? Does he force a trade? What have you? So um, there's a lot to consider there. Right. Um, but the belief system within uh, those around Levine um, is that. The boiling thing was a big point of um, contention. Yeah, you get rid of that coach, and who do you bring in, and what talent do you bring during free agency? So let's circle back to Mark Jackson for a second. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, based on what happened in Golden State, a lot of people felt like he got a raw deal. But then you read the articles, you heard the news that came out. He didn't make many friends in Golden State. He made a lot of questionable decisions during his time there. Do, do we believe now that some of the things that happened, is he prepared to, to make amends? Is he prepared to be a more modern coach with the X's and O's? Is he, is he going to play ball with the front office and, and do the things necessary to have a, a, a calm marriage with front office and what's happening on the court? I think it's who, depending on who you ask, I think in particularly the NBA circles, the coaching circles, perfect perception is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes when that perception is reality, you drift to the fact that Mark Jackson was there for a certain amount of years and then Steve Kerr made them better. Mm-hmm. And I think Mark Jackson often doesn't get the credit. And there are some other internal things that were going on with the Warriors um, as to why Mark Jackson um, and the Warriors did not part ways right. the right way. Um, and I think that those things have kind of, in my opinion, um, haunted him. Yeah. Um, when other teams are calling the Warriors looking for references. Yes, it's almost like any job. You go for they do a background check. They're gonna ask your last employer, was he any good? Yes. In answer to your question, um, I think that the difference between then and now is past or current Warriors in the last year have spoken up on Mark Jackson's behalf. Okay. Um about particular issues in the other interviews, but I also think his commentary on ESPN has been spot on. Yes. And I think Jeff Van Gundy has spoken his praises. Mark Jackson is going about the right way. He was on Reggie Miller's Instagram Live recently. said, you know, I do expect to be a coach again um, at some point. Um, and so when you look at certain names that are floating around, you know, you look at, you know, the, 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 the um, Pelicans, you look at the Bulls, um, there may be some more openings. You, I mean, even from the perspective of, you know, if you look at the Nets, you look at Rich Kleiman and him being a diehard Knicks fan, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Durant's manager and business partner, and, you know, the belief by some that, you know, that there are just some openings that, that could happen. So you want to believe that that's the case. To me, I feel like the Bulls is the best fit. Agreed. But for some reason, I think Kenny Atkinson and how he was let go from Brooklyn. I think in some people's minds, 
he's going to get more preferential treatment, uh, which is crazy. Like when you look at the Brooklyn Nets situation, he was abruptly let go. But um, at the same time, internally, there were some things within the Nets that I wasn't surprised. He and Kyrie Irving weren't on the same page. I mean, once um, that happens, you know it's only a matter of time. The superstar and the coach aren't agreeing, and you know how KD is. KD's going to side with Kyrie because part of the reason he's in Brooklyn is because of Kyrie. The writing's on the wall. So I, I think in the long term, um, I'd like to see Mark Jackson um, in Chicago or um, New Orleans. I, but... I- It'll be interesting to see what other coaching vacancies become available. Agreed. I don't think I want Mark Jackson in New York. I I, I want him in the big city like a Chicago, but something about the history, him being a former Nick, being a New York City point guard and and everything else, everything else they'll try to bring up from the past. I want to keep him away from the New York City media. Everybody can't function in New York. Right. I think Mark Jackson is one of those people. Um, and I think it's a blessing in disguise that he did not become a Knicks head coach. Agreed. Because look what ended up happening uh, within the last couple of coaching uh, Man, look. spots <laughs> with the Knicks over the last three, four years. I don't know if you know this, but I call the New York Knicks organization Bozo Nation. There's, there's nothing good coming out of that. They all, they always find a way to get it wrong. I don't have any faith in the Knicks as a New Yorker whatsoever. I got, like Whatever they do, I expect them to drop the ball, period. They should look as at a, as a, Go ahead. First, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. Now I was going to say, for me, myself, growing up around the Knicks, one of my cousins being a ball boy, me being a former employee at mm-hmm. MSG Network, <laughs> um, being a person who has, you know, followed, I've been around the Knicks since the 90s. Um, it's disappointing to see that the Knicks have not found a way to materialize. Right. And that's why I think it's kind of great that Kenny Smith's legacy is still going strong because <laughs> they have considered him for different positions. I think he needs to be somewhere south or west. Same with Mark Jackson. Right. Because they have such good guy personalities and respect in their respective cities or their respective boroughs. You don't want to tarnish that. Exactly. Exactly. Honestly, Kenny Atkinson and the Knicks might make more sense. He's he's grizzled. He already knows how to handle the New York media. I think that's a, that would have been a move before they brought in Tibbs that would have made sense. I don't know if that's Tibbs and, and his disposition in New York City media <laughs> is a great idea. But I think as a Knicks organization, before we switch topics, look at the Brooklyn Nets. They've come to the to the to the borough, right? The borough of Kings, the county of Kings, and they've basically had two separate rebuilds since coming into Barclays Center. And the Knicks still can't get right. Take some notes. They brought they brought in D. Will. They, they, they tried the old Celtic group. It didn't work out, but they had a decent playoff run. Now you have KD and, and Kyrie. They, they've done it twice under your nose. You, you got to be able to figure some things out at some point if you're the New York Knicks organization. I hope that the new brass that's there figures it out, but they have to be able to be willing to hit some singles, hit some doubles, leave the home runs alone. Just have a beginning with some small ball, and I think the Knicks will be okay. That's all. Yeah, I see your point of view, brother. You know, I want to see the, the I want that energy in New York City. Net fans, Nick fans going crazy. But let me ask you this: This is a yes or no question because I know you, time is limited. Um, there's a lot of talk about Popovich and a, and a hail mary offer from the Brooklyn Nets. Is it real? Yes or no? It's real. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it depends on what Greg wants. Okay. Uh, he has a legacy in San Antonio, um, and I think. When I think of Popovich and that Knicks, or excuse me, in that net scenario, and people saying it won't happen, mm-hmm. I feel like people said the same thing about Phil Jackson as mm. it related to him. 
not joining the Los Angeles Lakers if he won some more rings after his tenure with the Bulls. Listen, if Pop ends up in Brooklyn, it is going to be something to see. That that I'm calling championships for the for, for Brooklyn, man. I'm just saying, Ky, KD, Kyrie, Popovich. Listen, that group of guys they have on the bench, they got a decent amount of youth. They have tradable assets. Brooklyn is set up. Yeah, they set up, but I also think um, they're set up even with former San Antonio um, personnel. Jack Vaughn? In Brooklyn. John Marks, the general manager, is mm. there. Jack Vaughn who's currently their interim coach, mm-hmm. comes from San Antonio, won a championship with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And Tiago Splitier, who was, a, I think, either an advanced scout or, or at least a staffer at large, uh, played for the Spurs and he there. So that are already in place in Brooklyn. Right. Now, will it happen? Mm, your guess is as good as mine. I Touché. actually reached out to Coach Bob a couple of weeks ago. Um, no answer on his phone, so I'm going to wait a little bit. But what I'll tell you is... Um, I do think that people shouldn't underestimate uh, someone looking to create a what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, maybe a midlife crisis in the NBA <laughs> in Brooklyn makes sense. Okay. Spurs and the Nets have the same color scheme. There won't be too much of a difference in his yeah. suits and his tie coordination. Why not try something different, particularly when you have Becky Hammond and, and Tim Duncan? And your coaching staff, and you've groomed them. Why not his you know, on the Spurs side with Becky Hammond being yeah. potentially one of the first head coaches in the NBA? That's a woman who's earned the opportunity to be a head coach, not just because of the sake of it being women trends right now, but right. she's actually a good coach. Um, but also, uh, you know, you pass the torch with Duncan. Um, you know, Popovich took that job uh, with the Spurs, and the first move he made was trading uh, a. a Dennis Rodman for Will Perdue after they got rid of Larry Brown. Hey, listen, so, it's time. It's time. Come, 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 come to the city. Come with your five rings. Throw them on the table like Pat Riley did. Look at Kyrie and say, "Listen, you're gonna play for me." Look at KD. You're gonna play for me. We're gonna win some championships. That, that's it. I think, you, and you need the coach with the right disposition to deal with those two person. Now, I'm not gonna say ego, but they are they're very interesting personalities, and you need a certain coach at the top that can juggle those personalities and win. That's why I always when people tell me that Phil Jackson is overrated, I'm like, listen, man. To, to manage the personalities of a Jordan, a Pippen, a Kobe, and a Shaq, they, they, it takes more than X's and O's to get those guys to play ball together and win 11 times. So so you got to manage personalities to win championships. And I think Pop, with those guys in particular in Brooklyn, is the, is the right guy for the job. Next question I have for you as we get into the stretch run. You know, I have, I've had debates over the years talking about basketball. It's a very dynastic sport. You're always going to have a, 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 a clear head honcho at the top of the league. With the way the bubble is set up, the lack of home court advantage, the fact that some guys haven't played ball in, in nearly four months, or damn near four months, to me, it's created a level of parity in the NBA that people claim that they've yearned for since Golden State ran the league for about five years. Is this parity a good thing, this whole NCAA neutral site kind of vibe that's in the bubble? Is it a good thing for the NBA? Is the bubble a good thing for the NBA? The parity, the, the, the so-called parity that has been created by the bubble. 
Yeah. I, but I think that going into the bubble, you assumed that it was just going to be the Clippers mm-hmm. and the Lakers championship to win, or at least a conference finals to appear in. And what you've seen early on, and, and at least in the first round, is certain teams that were, were high up, they can be beat. Right. You, know, you look at the you look at the the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and um, the Orlando Magic game one. Markel Fultz came out swinging. You know. Yeah. And this, <laughs> is, this is this is not a suspended Bucks team with Giannis. You know, being suspended. You know, he was out the last game, the tune up. You know, against Memphis, which got them into the playing game and ultimately losing to the Blazers, but. You know, I, I think you look at the Torontos. I, I think it's great. You know, people, I think, oftentimes have written off Toronto. They still are the reigning champs. Right. Um, and the beat, beat the champ, you got to beat the champ. So I, I think when you look at the, um, the, 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 the Kawhi and LeBron and AD narrative, I think it's pretty cool. I like the fact that Brooklyn is in, even though, you know, they, without Katie and Kyrie, they'll be pretty interesting, you know, in that series. But, um, I even look at the, the, the uh, Boston Celtics where Hayward is out um, and, and you look at the Sixers and Ben Simmons is out but mm-hmm. you know at the same time um, I don't know I, I think that it's good to see other teams get their shine who would have thought TJ Warren uh, would, would have the successful agreed right that he had? Um, Devin Booker you knew he was special you got to see it in real time uh, despite the fact that they didn't make the playoffs, so I think that the bubble has shown that there are. I think it's previewed that the next, okay, uh, the talent of next. I also think that the bubble is giving other players the opportunity to sit, talk, have meetings, and plan what's next. Oh, and Miami he kind of fit that criteria. Mm-hmm. I think many people just assume that Giannis is just going to outright resign with the with the Bucks for money. If they lose in the first round or don't even make to the conference finals, he's out of there. Believe that the Warriors and the Miami Heat are going to come with a with a with a great offer, and don't be surprised if you have a situation where Victor Oladipo and, and maybe you know Giannis could team up and, and make something happen in Miami. They got a good roster already, so there's a lot of things that the bubble is going to create outside of wins losses and championships agreed i mean you you have the hustlers that are are, that are littered throughout the nba now you have them all bunched together in one spot of course we're negotiating we're gonna talk you know but I'm, i'm looking at the basketball and i caught some heat because i told people i felt like this particular championship they're talking about asterisks and the 50 game season from yesterday and all of that but i felt like this particular chip will be the most difficult to win because of the fact of all the variables involved from the pandemic to you, you're taking players out of the element, their, their usual routines, no home court, anything. We're going to play a stack of neutral site games. And to me, may the best team win. This is going to be the most difficult championship. I'm glad that these guys are getting a shine and, and, and getting an opportunity to flourish because a lot of players, we knew Devin, like you said, we knew Devin Booker was good, but how good is he? The, the, you know, we, we need to understand that the league is, is in a place where LeBron is on his way out. Someone needs to grab the mantle. They want to give it to Zion, but is Zion good enough? John Moran got the show off. Dame Lillard got to get off. You know, they, to me, like the the bubble and and the faux parity has allowed for us to understand that there is more to the NBA than LeBron James, AD, Kawhi, and and sometimes Paul George. So Paul George is wishy washy to me when it comes to being a superstar. So, <laughs> so I, I'm glad for the, the the way the league is going. Before I let you go, real quick, I, we were gonna do predictions, but I don't even care about all of that now. I just want to know, everyone has their eyes on Dame Lillard. Like, I was jokingly saying the other day, the coverage of the NBA is kind of like pro wrestling. They pick a guy to give him a push. Right now, Dame Lillard is getting the push of a lifetime. How real is this push when it comes to going against the Lakers? Is it, is it going to be a series? Does Portland have a chance? Will Portland win? Scoop B, your thoughts. 
Will Portland win? Um, I think that the Portland Trailblazers conversation uh, is real. Mm-hmm. I do think that Portland has a good team around them. I do think that Portland has the ability to play well. Um, but I think that people, the Lakers have always been the, the villain. So I, I think that anytime something other than LeBron is pushed, it, it, they're, they're going to go for it. But I think Damian Lillard has played well. Right. Um, throughout the bubble but it took a lot for them to get there it took injuries at the beginning of the season for them to really play hard Mm -hmm. at the beginning or to play hard in the bubble throughout and i think that um the only question that i have about the blazers is the fact that they don't have trevor reza playing and that was supposed to be your defensive lebron stopper right um and i think i have questions about portland's bench but the thing is, I have questions about the Lakers bench too. Yeah, the the bench concerns me. I guess I'm as a Laker fan. I you know I'm I'm, I'm out of myself right now. I look at Portland and I just feel like their defense lacks so much that it's like I, as much as they they have a lot offensively, you, you're giving free reign to AD and LeBron over and over again over a five, six, seven game series. I just can't see how those two highly skilled players against a poor defense won't dominate the action when it's all said and done. Yeah, we're on the same page, sir. Okay. My man. Um, before I let you go, can we just let my listeners know where they can find you, your social media handles, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, oh, whatever. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at scoop underscore B. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter at scoop B. Um, subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com at all. So senior writer at heavy.com so you can find all my writing um, articles features on everything around the NBA sports politics in general over at heavy.com and uh, yeah man it was good to talk to you we definitely got to do a elongated version yes sir sooner rather than later but thank you for allowing me to be myself yeah thank you for coming on man this is the vibe we do the gray area come on be yourself talk some sports and break out we can't, you can't lose yes sir alright man peace and love my man I'll talk to you yes sir yeah, man, before I let you guys go, you know, uh, with the NBA first round, I, I'm i a little shocked. I'm a little surprised at what's going on with the Bucks and, and the Magic. But overall, I just want to say that a lot of your favorite teams are in jeopardy. You know, don't, don't go to first take and all these other shows for your information. Like, use your eyeballs. Tap into to, to what's happening on the court and understand that, yo, there's no crowd. Right? Right about nine. This is the gist I want to get into. Don't go down double digits in the bubble. Usually, you have ebbs and flows. You have the crowd reactions. You have the referees that respond to the emotion of the crowd and the plays, and they make calls that are a little questionable from time to time. There's none of that happening in the bubble. So if you're cheering for a team or you're an NBA team, the worst thing you could do right now is go down 10 to 15 points because it's going to be more difficult to have those momentum swings that lead to runs, that lead to comebacks. So if you've been paying attention, look at all the games you've watched. A lot of them have been really close or you've had some blowouts. It's rare that you see a team who went down by 15 come back and and win the game, right? You saw the Nets get down by, what, 33 points just the other day. They got it down to nine. They made a nice run because Toronto realized this, this team can't mess with us. So the Nets made a run. But once Toronto realized what was going on, they made a run in response and they won by 24 points. So again, sports fans, I want you to keep your eyes open to this. A lot of big leads in the bubble will be safe. 
a lot of the variables that lead to massive comebacks in the NBA do not exist. So if you are a favorite, get out to that big lead. Do what you got to do because right about now, this neutral site, the emotion of the game that's lacking is going to lead to a lot of upsets in this playoff cycle. And as the saying goes, whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo! Perfect.